gliding shapes that violate every law of nature. It's the Horror Foria Podcast. Hi, can I help you? John Richards and Andy Gilly are talking everything and anything horror movies. Welcome to the Horror Foria Podcast, episode number 29. It is Friday, September 20th. We are broadcasting live from our creepy studios in Wausau, Wisconsin. I'm John Richards. And Andy Gilly here on Friday. Friday. We missed the Friday. We missed Friday the 13th. It makes me feel so bad. We have a special guest today. We do. Very excited about this. Yeah. Why don't you introduce him? You, oh. do, you say his name better than that. Well, he, he's the co-host of our other favorite podcast, the Street Chillin' Podcast from Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, you, got, you got Bob, you got Justin, and Randy Gandy G. Landy. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm glad you got that mouthful out. <laughs> a, I didn't want to tempt that. I, I, th- I think I, I think I've heard enough episodes to where it just kind of rolls off the tongue, right? Wow. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you're a man of many names, though, uh, Randy, and that's why we're calling oh, you Randy so today because your name is actually Andy, right? And we didn't want to confuse everybody. Yeah, it's Andy, or it's really whatever's in your heart. That's how I kind of approach it. <laughs> that's what that's what's in my heart today. I'm feeling great. I, I erdiger de birder. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's right. Oh wait, sorry. That, that, that was a segue into Swedish. Uh, let's get to know Randy a little bit more. When you are not co-hosting our other favorite podcast, what is it that you do? Um, sleep in a coffin. No, I, I work as a graphic designer, um, f- do freelance pretty much. Uh, me and my girlfriend are kind of on the road, uh, doing contract work kind of perpetually for the last couple of years and a couple of years more probably. Well, I, so, um, yeah, yeah, I've noticed that because you, uh, you were in Santa Barbara, you were in uh, Washington DC. Now you're just South of us here in the Midwest, uh, in the burbs of Chicago. That's right. Yeah, um, we did a couple stints in D.C. and it's just it's really her job because I can work from wherever. Um, so she uh, she works in, in healthcare, So it works perfectly for us because we, we never got out of Florida for the longest time. And now we're getting to see some of the broader U.S. We're enjoying that. Liking awesome. that, huh? Very cool. All right. Well, uh, we always start this off with uh, horror movie news. What you yeah, got? Yeah, I got some Andy? horror movie news today. Uh, U.S. Dish, an authorized reseller, Dish TV, wants you to pay you thirteen hundred dollars to watch thirteen Stephen King movies. Saw that. I'm not sure if that's worth it or not, but uh, U.S. Dish has chosen thirteen <laughs> King movies, including movies we've reviewed, like The Shining and Pet Cemetery. You apply, write an essay about why you deserve to win the money, and then watch the thirteen movies before Halloween while you track your heart rate, sleep, and some other things. I, uh, you could win uh, all of the movies, a Fitbit, and thirteen hundred bucks. I think it's cool because it's thirteen hundred dollars, and I did enjoy it and it chapter yeah, two. Yeah, I so. think it's a really cool contest, uh, and uh, it's kind of neat. So uh, it's it's out on their website and and. and Andy, just so you know, that Andy is not the biggest fan of Stephen King novels and or movies. St- Stephen King movies. I like- did like it, Chapter Two, but uh, well, I mean, you're, I'm not going to put up a fight about that. There's a <laughs> there's a lot of mixed mixed things going into that brew. So right. yeah, I, I signed up for this contest though. I hopefully awesome. can just get paid to be slovenly instead of you know <laughs> that, just being slovenly by nature. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. <laughs> Awesome. Jamie Lee Curtis promises a spectacular end to the Blumhouse Halloween reboot. Speaking of the website Collider, she says, I promise you what uh, David Gordon Green has come up with as a way to complete his trilogy is sensational. Curtis relates that the movie will delve into the trauma of the characters, especially Laurie Strode. I like that. And I like the fact that Danny McBride's coming back to write it, yeah, too. That's, that's what great. about you, Randy? 
I mean, I'm, I'm a little skeptical. Uh, Halloween sequels don't always have the best uh, track record. And uh, Jamie like Lee Curtis, for all her strengths, she uh, she said nice things about her other sequels, too. So I don't know. <laughs> that, that's very that's true. true. Halloween 6, I think she did say something from her. At one point, uh, Blumhouse, speaking of them, just finished a remake of The Invisible Man. The director, Lee Wannell, who you may know, uh, directed Saw and Insidious, shared a picture from Sydney, Australia, saying that the film was a wrap. And this is all part of that Universal Monster movie uh, universe that they're trying to create, right? Are they doing that still? Yeah, I think so. I get, I get you know, Tom Cruise is that mummy thing. Did they make any more besides the mummy? I thought they had I think Oh, t- they had it. They had that huge entertainment weekly spread with all the like the actors that were supposed to do that. But yeah. I don't know if they're doing that anymore. Like, <laughs> well, the mummy certainly wasn't very successful. But oh. uh, yeah, In- Invisible Man is uh, scheduled for February twenty eighth, twenty twenty release. So I'm not we'll feeling. See. I'm not feeling I'm, that. Yeah, at I'm all. just. I'm not. I'm not feeling that one either. It's Johnny Depp, isn't it? <laughs> uh, in sure. the Invisible Man, really? That's I, that's what I thought. I'm gonna have to look it up. But it's not I, very I popular I heard guy that. anymore. <laughs> Oh That's not going to help uh, the box office receipts, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's. Yeah, speaking of track records, that's <laughs> yeah, right. not looking too hot either. A lost George Romero film entitled The Amusement Park will be premiering October 12th in Pittsburgh. The film's restoration was crowdfunded, and apparently it was a PSA on age discrimination Romero was hired to make back mm. in the day. I don't uh, have any feelings on that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'll probably check it out. Uh, Bloody Disgusting has word that Fede Alvarez is producing a direct sequel to Tobe Hooper's The Texas Chainsaw Massacre for Legendary Pictures. I thought there already was a direct sequel and it had Dennis Hopper in it. Heck but, yeah, oh dude. Yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite. Come on. Uh, obviously, they must be doing the Blumhouse, the, the Blumhouse thing here where they're, uh, you know, the hollow, like what they did with Halloween and just throwing away all the sequels, pretending those didn't happen, which is maybe not a bad idea. It's um, comic book series. style now. Like, there's yeah. just, you know, there's alternate universes for everything. Obviously. Now, so. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, might not be a bad idea to get, uh, just forget about some of those cinematic masterpieces we got after uh, the original uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I'm but, sorry. Uh, I still love the second one. I, I, hey, I, oh, yeah. It's great. It's a good movie. Yes. It's great right. for it's, entirely different reasons. It's a good, bad right. movie. You're right. <laughs> You're absolutely right. All right. Uh, horror movie trivia. You know? I, I've got one. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Let the right one in. To nobody's surprise, is a vampire movie. How many times is the word vampire mentioned, and who says it? Randy, do you know that? I think it's just the once by um, Oscar, isn't it? Very good. One time, that's yeah. correct. Yeah, because uh, he asked Ellie, you know, are you a vampire? That was it. Yeah, they yeah. they kind of shied away. They did the the whole, uh, uh, don't say zombie. Yeah, don't, exactly. don't, just don't do that. that. And I thought that was kind of homage to, to Romero, that they really didn't do that. So Yeah, yeah. I thought it was interesting. Uh, I have one on this as well. Uh, Let the Right One In is actually based on a Swedish novel. And I don't know if the novel is called Let Me In or Let the Right One In. I can't tell because the novel actually got renamed uh, to fit the movie. But the novel was published in 2004 by um, this author. Oh, no, no. Not for me. You need to (laughs) Google that probably. See, I'm cheating right now because I actually pulled it off of uh, Wikipedia. Is it Jean-Avid Lindquist? That's correct. (laughs) Who also wrote the screenplay. Bam, bonus points. Thank you. Thank you. Not the greatest uh, trivia question, but uh, I think I took some of the... I I actually have read some of this book. Like all the Stephen King movies, I've never read the book, and I always say that. But uh, I have read some of this book, and it gives a little more context to what what's going on in the uh, movie mm-hmm. and i'm not sure if uh 
Well, we'll talk about that. Let's let's uh, let's discuss this movie. Absolutely. Okay, Andy, go ahead. Let the right one C- in. Synopsis. Yeah, I'm gonna try to uh, get through a quick. Oscar. He is a uh, Oscar. I guess his name is is a bullied boy. Lives in this village in Sweden. Spends his evenings plotting revenge on some bullies uh, from school. Uh, one night when he's in a courtyard uh, of his apartment building, stabbing a tree with a knife in the fantasy of killing one of these bullies, he meets a, this girl named Ellie who's standing on like this uh, jungle gym and hops down from it, mm-hmm. which in the book they describe as being about two meters high, which is kind of a long way to jump. Uh, Ellie, American. <laughs> yeah, Ellie has what <laughs> we think is a dad. Uh, we see him kill someone, drain his blood. He's interrupted by a dog. Uh, Ellie is furious that he doesn't bring her home some blood to drink. Uh, Ellie ends up killing a man in front of a group, uh, or killing a man from a group of friends that lives in the apartment, uh, and then develops a relationship with Oscar. Uh, she tells Oscar cryptically that uh, she is not a boy. Oscar ignores this and, and asks her if she, she wants to go steady. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hakan is, I think, the, the guy's name, or Hakan, I don't know how to pronounce it in Swedish, but... Uh, Hakan. Hakan, is that what they call him? Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, we might as well. Yeah, Hakan. <laughs> Playing <Okay>. it loose. <laughs> person that I previously mentioned that originally I thought was Ellie's dad uh, is caught unsuccessfully trying to drain a teenage boy's blood after a basketball practice. Mm-hmm. He pours acid on his face. Uh, at the hospital, he allows Ellie to drink him before he falls out of a window which I think is why our windows don't open in the United States uh, in a hospital. But uh, <laughs> bullies continue to torment Oscar, but he stands up for himself, as Ellie has urged him to do. On an ice skating trip, uh, with a there's actually a Spanish teacher that he has, like a teacher who is from Spain. Right. Uh, he hits this bully in, in the ear with a pole, and that ends the bullying for a bit. Uh, Ellie then drains one of the uh, other apartment friend's uh, girlfriends, uh, but th- this guy kicks her off of uh, his girlfriend before she finishes uh, finishes the woman off. That lady becomes a vampire mm-hmm. <laughs> and ignites in a pretty spectacular fashion. Which oh, we'll get to that. We'll, we'll get to that. To some, that was great. That whole scene was fantastic. It's the best vampire sunlight death I think I've seen. <laughs> it's pretty great. Uh, her boyfriend then figures out what's going on. He tries to kill Ellie as she's sleeping in a bathtub, uh, covered up. Ends up becoming one of her victims. Uh, Ellie then tells Oscar that she needs to leave. Oscar is at a swimming lesson with the Spanish instructor, uh, who the bullies distract by starting a dumpster fire, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of like what the American version of this movie is like. But uh, <laughs> not since uh, Scott Farkas in Christmas Story have I seen a better bully than the older brother of Oscar's bully. There you go. <laughs> so he comes in. I like takes what you did He takes advantage of the teacher's absence by telling Oscar that he needs to hold his breath for three minutes or he's going to stab him in the eye. Uh, he holds his head underwater, and then suddenly we see all of the tormentors die grisly deaths in the pool, including the brother who gets decapitated. What about the one kid that's just sitting there crying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she leaves him alone. Yeah. I think she... That- uh, he, oh, well, we could talk about that, too. Oscar and Eli, the, or Ellie, then uh, travel by train. Uh, Oscar carries in a large piece of luggage. He ostensibly becomes her new familiar. There you go. <laughs> All right, that's the synopsis of the whole thing. So, so uh, we should have said spoiler. Yeah, we, we <laughs> spoiler well, alert. By now, you should. Spoil <laughs> Sorry, right Sorry. away for everybody. All right. So, so Randy, l- let's start with you. Uh, you are a special guest. Uh, what do you think of this movie? We can start from wh- from wherever you want to start. You know, I saw this movie like not too long after its American release. Um, it wasn't in the theaters, but it was right when it came out on on DVD, I assume. And um, I was just kind of nonplussed by it, but I was also pretty i was like like what like a couple years into college and i just wasn't looking for subtle horror movies at the time i don't think mm-hmm. and this movie is 
pretty pretty subtle in a lot of ways and i i liked it a lot better this time around rewatching it i was kind of like dreading watching it again because i was like man i hope i don't like just hate this movie and not didn't know it really just kind of like eh, it it away mad it away but um you know i like it i think it's got a lot of like little things going on and i've actually seen like just in researching it a little bit after rewatching it there's a lot of different like uh, literary like takes you can take away from this movie. A lot of like lenses you can look at the story through that I think are really interesting. And I think I know where you're going with this. And you're talking about the fact that Ellie tells Oscar, "What if I wasn't a girl?" Yeah, that's definitely part of it. I've seen uh, like uh, transgender readings of this movie mm-hmm. at this point. I've seen extreme evangelical readings of this movie where she's just Satan and incarnate, and like I, like everything in between, which I think is really interesting. I think that's kind of the mark of of a of a like really robust story that you can you can apply all sorts of like looks to it. I, I feel the exact same way as Randy does about this movie. I I initially watched it. I think I watched this right after I saw the American version, mm-hmm. and and I. I remember not enjoying it as well, like uh, not thinking it was all that great. And I, I think I might have watched the uh, sub, the dubbed version originally. Mm. Like, um, and and it, it just didn't, uh, the American version I definitely didn't like. I remember being very bored about it, uh, with it. And, uh, but uh, this time when I watched it, there was a lot there. I think it did a really good job of, uh, you know, we've, we've had a couple movies here that just don't explain things well enough. And I think this did a good job of not explaining it, but making you want to think about it rather than right. just leaving you in the dark. You know, like like some of the things that I thought about uh, it. Chapter two it was like it just it didn't explain this at all. But it was like we need some explanation here. I think the things that weren't explained in this movie made you want to think about it. And it did that very well where it where it kind of kept that back. Yeah, yeah it's like this whole thing is is it's displayed in such a flat way and such a like here are the facts of the story sort of way that's the way it's presented and and everything else you put on top of it the emotional weight is entirely your own it seems like so i think that's pretty pretty strong right i think there was a lot of emotion i mean it, it ranges from a kid that's being bullied to a kid that has divorced parents and it it am i not wrong the the dad was homosexual I thought that might be the case too. He also might just be an alcoholic or or like manic depressive. It's so like show not tell that you kind of get to apply whatever disorder you want onto that situation. Yeah, cuz there was that really awkward scene where where the friend was at that he was at his dad's house, Oscar was, yeah. and there's that mm-hmm. really awkward scene where just kind of looking at each other and it's like, "Okay." <laughs> and they, and they are they are drinking in that scene too, right? They are. So so he Cuz he go he he went from like super dad to like complete nobody dad exactly. in like a, a split second mm-hmm. it's yeah, crazy that's exactly what happened in that scene so that is interesting it could be the alcohol or his attraction to that other guy i don't know that's, yeah that's a good question i didn't get to that part of the book yet but <laughs> actually uh so in in the book uh the familiar hack on hack on hack on uh is actually a pedophile oh, yeah <laughs> and uh it's it's pretty pretty uh clear that he uh you know, has a preference for young boys. And um, Ellie is actually a boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's not really clear in the movie. I, I don't know. You know, you see that one scene. They show that. They do show you know, that. But it, it, I didn't, I couldn't really, I didn't get much out of that. And I know they were, you know, there's very, you got to be very careful about what you do in that scene. Sure. But, I, you know, it's she just, says that she's not a girl. Yeah. And then they show that scene. And in the book, you find out that she's like, well, first of all, she's like 300 years old. Right. And she's mm-hmm. like one of these 
Castrato children who you know yeah that's been castrated so so she's the man actually, with the wig or whatever i think they brought yeah. that back in this in the the american version too and and i read somewhere and I, I this is like third hand so take it for what it's worth but i read that the director had brought in um they were going to actually show that scene where uh where LA has the mutilation happen. Um, but they were going to, obviously they weren't going to show exactly what it yeah. was, but they were going to use a pig and actually show a knife sort of like encro- encroaching onto oh, wow. skin. And then the director saw the pig and it was looking so sad that he decided not to do it. <laughs> so good for him. <laughs> yeah. Good for him. Right. Saved him from PETA too. <laughs> well, I'll tell you that, that during that scene, and I think they were very sensitive of how they showed it. And I read somewhere that, uh, during that scene, it was actually a mannequin, and yeah. they, they kind of showed the mutilation like for a split second. So then reading about it afterwards, I was like, wow, okay. So I it, it kind of stuck out in my mind because this was after she went to she, – she was all bloody, um, you know, because Oscar didn't invite her in. But, yeah, mm-hmm. that, that, that kind of really stuck out to me. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, – that, that's an interesting – and it, 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 I, I don't know that it's – like you could take it a couple different ways if you just watched the movie, but uh, mm-hmm. like I had to go to the book to really get a concrete answer on that. You know, it's really a question mark in the movie, they, like without any sort of context whatsoever, except you know this is you're using your your protagonist, which is Oscar, as as your point of view character, and he doesn't get that backstory. It's not important to him, so it's not shown to us. You know, that's right. that's right. Well, I want to talk a little bit about some of the some of the practical events uh, effects and some of the CG. One that sticks out to me is the CG cat scene when the uh, the, yeah. the girlfriend <laughs> is attacked. I have never seen. I mean, I've heard that hurting cats is hard, but geez, come on, it's not that hard to throw them in a room and let them get mad. <laughs> you know, you know, for ten years ago, uh, the CG on those cats is not that bad. No, it's, yeah, it's really it's hard to CG an animal that you know we've seen in real life i mean yeah. it's cg dinosaurs or whatever we don't know what they look like or move you know or how they move so it's it's a little easier to do i thought those cg cats were pretty decent for they, 10 years they ago. were okay yeah. i mean the thing was is the way they reared back i've seen a cat get angry or or, or, or upset yeah. of some, uh, at mm-hmm. something and the hair go up but the way the hair went up it looked like a cartoon cat going <laughs> there's that uh, cat, there's lady, also- cat lady costume for halloween that's what the uh, lady looked like when she was going down the stairs <laughs> Dude, that that scene is inherently hilarious. I don't know, like it's not. I don't think it's intended to be, but a bunch of cats attacking a lady who's already just crazy distressed, and just she her just backing out of frame is kind of hilarious. It, it, it was it was definitely funny. I, I definitely laughed at it. Yeah, I, I the the one kill that I, I really kind of liked was when Ellie was under the bridge and got that one guy. Yeah, uh, bit him, and then Yaka. you realized you realized that. Uh, she wanted to kill him so they didn't turn so she broke his neck right away yeah. before he turned so I thought that that was actually really effective because I'm not a fan of vampire Dracula movies at all Yeah, but this to me was so interesting I'm glad you guys both watched it and enjoyed it I mean I, I don't know to what extent but for me it was just so interesting and then I had to read about it and all that backstory to it just makes it that much more interesting yeah and the fact that I like actually wanted to understand that and read more about it you know says that this is a good this was done well as far as leaving it up in the air i think as as opposed to some of these other movies that just leave you in the dark yeah yeah I, this is a movie that kind of requires sort of a, a a debriefing with yourself or with somebody else just sort of 
talking through what you saw because I mean, or, or reading more about it or finding out more about it. You just, you end up thinking about it quite a bit and be like, well, what, what was the purpose of this? And it, to the extent that it matters, like you're still engaged with the story. You enjoyed the story or theory, at least I did. Yeah. So I, I, I definitely did. And I totally agree that that is exactly how I felt about it. I wanted to talk to other people, but and I think I felt this way about like us and some other really well done movies that have a great definitely. story in them. Yeah. You know? Uh, that where you want to discuss it with somebody and then that's how I felt about this. I think that's a mark of a, a, a good, mo- a good story in a movie. Yeah, I mean, it just, it, it requires some, some thought to figure out what the subtext is and what it is to you in this movie. It could be a number of things. Right. So yeah. And, and going on that, I mean, my girlfriend is not a horror movie watcher at all, but when she saw this, she actually saw the love story in this. She, mm-hmm. she didn't see the sub subtext of, you know, what is Ellie, who is Oscar? You know, she didn't see the protagonist, antagonist, whatever it might be, but she saw the love story. So she she got emotional. I mean, like the very end scene where they're on the train, and I believe I read that their their Morse code was kiss. Yes. Or it's yeah. It, yep. it was a word in Swedish yeah. that that, that, <laughs> that, kiss, that yeah. little kiss or something <laughs> yep. like that. Yeah, it's uh, their their whole relationship. Most readings that I've seen of it, or most most takes I've seen, is that it's it's some sort of love story between two people who are isolated from everybody. So, I mean, I think that's like a really nice way to look at it. So, is that? I mean, did she have feelings for him, or was it more like she was looking for a new familiar? I think it was I think it was she had feelings for him because she warned him to get away from her from the beginning. It was never her like not never. I can't definitively say that, but it was she was never or she she rarely like did anything that sort of like pushed her towards him. He was always approaching her. So I don't know. Well, like I think point. by and default. That's a good point and at the end she said <laughs> I have to leave. She didn't say come with me. And even at the time she didn't need anybody like she had the weird pedophile guy. I mean, yeah. so, yeah, I mean, she she had her Renfield sitting, <laughs> sitting back being Renfield. She didn't need that. Right. And I, and I think he did have feelings for her. I got the impression that like uh, that guy was kind of in love with her more than just his mm-hmm. loss for uh, young boys. He, uh, which the movie doesn't really, you know, uh, the, the book puts forth more. I, I felt like he he had kind of a love for her which was a bit unrequited yeah like she was like using him for uh to to get her blood and well i i i got two things i mean i think the my first watch of that um going through the movie one time i got the impression that this was a vicious circle of of you know somebody that's going to take care of her or 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 get her the the blood that she needs because that's all she can live off of because she had this scene where oscar gave her candy and she ended up throwing it up right away and the only thing (laughs) Mm -hmm. she could eat was blood right um but this guy was going out and doing these things for her because he was oscar back in the day but actually reading about it you know he get he got older she didn't turn him so you know he got old is is that the way it was or did he like pick that up or did he did he start being a familiar you know, I, I don't know. I, I reading about it. Uh, yeah, that okay. makes sense to me. But my first watch, I I was under the impression that this guy was, you know, Oscar a long time ago. Just just uh-huh. being able to because she's 300 years old or 200. Right. They, you ne- they never right. specify that. Well, also, that, yeah. Ellie says. You can't be my friend or I can't or some, something to yeah. the extent I can't be your friend. Yeah, she's, she's right. to Oscar. Yeah. 
So I mean, I got that same impression. Like, it, and it could go. That's that's another one of those things where it's kind of up in the air. It's up to your interpretation whether or not you want to want to say that you know she's, in at least in some ways, manipulating Oscar into becoming her new Renfield, uh, and replacing probably a long line of them. But uh, you also have this like my very first instinct watching this the first time was that Hakan was a just a pedophile who had found his like twisted little outlet and he was he felt that he was in love with her but obviously like it's that's that's a vampire that's not even quite a 12 year old girl and it's not quite a human so you're just kind of depositing your your twisted feelings onto something and just applying your life to it right i mean initially i thought it was it it was her dad you know yeah he definitely could be and then it was clear that it wasn't and and i got the impression that he was uh that he was like a, a older guy who was, uh, you know, attracted to her in some weird way. And I thought because it, it, it seemed like, you know, when he killed that, uh, the kid who he's, you know, he's draining that kid's blood and the dog comes up. Oh, the first one. Yeah, the first, first one. one okay. It seemed like he was not very good at it. You know, like yeah. he hadn't really done it before. So I got the idea that this relationship was sort of new or he was having to do this for some reason for the mm-hmm. first time. Uh, where where he wasn't real great at it. <laughs> I, I, I got the impression, like for me, I saw that as he was just getting, you know, he was slowing down or, or just getting okay. old. And, and, and you know, that w- that's what happens to your body. You're just not as sharp as you used to be. Pardon well, that's the very true. But... I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, he... He he. It could be said that he like they just moved to a new town. You could even say that they just because they moved to a new town, they just wanted to prevent her from going out and hunting herself, so that she could be remain more under wraps, just sort of like a buffer between her and the outside world. Which may so maybe it's something he hasn't done before, but he has been around a while as sort of a caretaker, somebody to put her in a crate and carry her along in the daytime. You know, <laughs> I mean, you, it's tough to say. <laughs> oh man, uh, so we we talked about the cat lady. Oh the the. The uh, vampire kill scene with her, with the with the lady, yeah, oh. <laughs> in the hospital. That's, yeah, that, that was, was great. That, it was pretty great. <laughs> so, you, I, I also liked like when she first discovers that she's got vampirism and like her fingers are glowing in the sun. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a cigarette is <laughs> <That's, laughs> yeah, yeah. on her on her finger. Uh, so then, yeah, she uh, she decides that uh, obviously figures this out and uh, basically has them kill her. By opening the the window, right, or 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 does she not know that? I think, I she, think she knew. I think she. <laughs> I thought I got the impression that she knew as well, and and she was ready to be done. Well, I, I, th- I think she started having the craving for blood. I mean, I, yeah. I think that's when she knew she because she said to her boyfriend that uh, you know I'm this girl infected me with something, and yeah. I I'm not feeling like myself. Um, you know, and he leaves the room and you know, gets the orderly or the nurse to open up the window and then poof. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at that point, she's already seen evidence that the sun is going to adversely affect her, right. to put it mildly. Um, so I, I think having that happen was just her way of, of, of avoiding vampirism as a lifestyle. Right, so. right. So these, these friends that, these are just 
people from the uh, from the apartment that Oscar lives in, or what? I mean, there's this group of friends that yeah, they all live in that community. They live in that they, community. They never really have any ties with Oscar or Elliot until other than the, being her victim. Right. Uh, two of their group becoming her victim because yeah. the crazy cat guy, the one with all the cat, that guy was comic relief to me all the way. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. He, he took he took his favorite cat outside because he realized what was going on and he locked it. <laughs> Why are you locking me out? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that guy. That guy was. He he was something else for sure. Um, he just didn't want anything to do with anything, and he's no. just put in this position where okay, well, I guess I'm in a vampire story now. <laughs> with my cats. Yeah. Uh, so in the in the book, I hate to be this guy, but in the book, Oscar is really kind of a reprehensible character. He's really not. He steals. He's uh, got like a uh, problem wetting his pants. He's uh, he's really kind of uh, a miserable character. And in this, I thought they tried to make him uh, somewhat um, sympathetic, you know. So he's less sympathetic in that because he, he's definitely he's, like, yeah, I think he's a bit less sympathetic in in the book than than in the movie because uh, in the movie, you know, you see him being bullied and he's uh, he's obviously a little bit weird. He's got like this book of this scrapbook of murders and uh, right. but that's like ramped up uh, to 10 in the in the book he's got like a scrapbook of mur- murders he goes on he steals a whole bunch of candy and goes on candy binges and then feels all <laughs> weird and that's that's when he goes out and starts stabbing trees with his uh with his uh, <clears throat> kitchen knife at first, and then he steals a hunting knife. Squeal. I'm not going to start casting aspersions on people for candy binges at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Randy's a candy fan. Is it, right? is it oh, stolen I candy, though? <laughs> I mean, Halloween's for tricks, right? I guess that's when I get my candy going. Um, but yeah, like that whole, like he's definitely an angry kid, even in the movie. Yeah. I don't know much about where the book Oscar lands, but. Uh, even just from what I saw on this, is like, man, this is an angry kid. He all he needs is a little push to be, you know, one yeah. of the kids from Lords of Chaos or something. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. It's, yeah, it could go either way. <laughs> yeah, he's in a broken family. His mom's not around very often, like broken, you know, right. by by nuclear standards. Right. And he's clearly upset about it. He's isolated from his peers and tormented by them. Even the teachers and stuff. They're not, you know, they're just kind of like. They're, they're not like emotionally there for him. They're just there for the profession. So he doesn't have anybody and he finds somebody who is equally as isolated in her own way and going all in on it, basically. Right. Right. And that, you know, I, I think it uh, makes the it makes the ending make a little more sense where he would be down for all of this, you know, mm-hmm. murder and drinking blood <laughs> stuff of, of this person who. Uh, he needs to care for um, be, when, when you have that side to it that uh, that he's really not a all that nice a person. So he's not going to have like a moral qualm to doing some of the things a familiar would have to do. And uh, in my opinion, well, I just think that the director actually did a really good job of of giving because everybody everybody was completely messed up in the head in this movie. So you, <laughs> you 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 had somebody to root for in this movie. I mean, the mom, the the dad, whether it was an alcohol problem or just something else going on in his head. Ellie, you didn't know if, I mean, to me, she gave off the vibe that she hated being a vampire, you know, just because she mm-hmm. she did that, you know, she, she got emotional and, you know, she wasn't going to turn everybody into a vampire, but this is how she has to live to survive. Um, you know, everybody, even the coach, the coach, coach gave me this creepy vibe he was very adamant about oscar okay oscar well you need to lift some weights and right oh really i thought he was totally disinterested because he's just checking out the news while oscar's lifting like two and a half pound weights or whatever i got the idea yeah i mean so he's from spain yeah and and i got 
uh, I, don't, I don't know. I, I, I got some the idea that uh, sometimes, um, I don't know. I, I'm not sure what I thought of him. I didn't get that vibe from him at all. I, I thought he was more disinterested and um, kind of uh, lazy, I guess, is, is what I was thinking. Um, you know, they, they kind of... Um, they make fun of, of they, they make fun a little bit of the way he talks. He can't speak uh, Swedish very well because yeah. he's calling the whole a holy and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, that was hard to understand in a in a subtitle situation. Right, right. in a subtitle situation is hard to understand. But uh, and then he, you know, uh, he's he's he speaks in Spanish a little bit. He's he swears a little bit in Spanish when they uh, start the dumpster on fire and yeah. stuff. So it's true. I wonder if uh, <clears throat> sometimes. Um, People in Europe have uh, the same stereotype we have about uh, people from south of the border here sometimes. they. Uh, so I wonder if they were just kind of trying to portray him as a little bit uh, lazy and... Uh, oh. Yeah, you know, and, oh, like, and like not paying attention. And that's why it was so easy to get him out of the pool when the pool area when uh, no. You know... Uh, maybe, but I kind of saw him just more Magoo than that. Just yeah, sort of yeah, like, yeah. just kind of maybe just a, like not really thinking clearly about anything, not really maybe, paying maybe enough attention to concern that, himself. With that yeah, stuff. he just he wasn't a real. Uh, he wasn't paying a lot of attention a whole lot of times because he's just there was a goofy that body dude. on the ice that those little girls found. He was and, on yeah, autopilot, and yeah, he he was. He was off doing something else when they found that body. So I don't know. I I, I got the idea that he was he was he was kind of a Mister Magoo. Yeah, <laughs> I just wasn't seeing what was Speaking going on. Speaking of this pool scene, um, there was that to me was kind of the biggest movie mistake right there, okay. because the whole point of and I, I love the fact that they used all these vampire tropes as far as you know they can't be in the sunlight. Right, they need to be invited in because that scene where she first comes into the apartment and Oscar doesn't invite her in, man, that that was awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the blood yeah. coming down and she just you know the blood just uh, man, you, you thought she was going to explode, but how did she get into the school? She wasn't invited. I think it has to be a home. Like, I think that's the rule is it it has to be somebody to be invited to somebody's home is how you get in. But like a public space, I don't know if that that applies. Okay, because you always saw her outside. I mean, that's true. You're right. But every time she did come, it was like a a home that she was coming into and she'd ask to come in. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And she know, didn't that, need to be invited in. There was some grave consequences too. Yeah, she start bleeding out bleeding of everything, out of her eyes and stuff. That's that bad. Yeah, no good. I like like the the pool scene itself. Like like that aside, whether or not that was a, a structural error in the in the lore or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that scene was like the iconic scene. I remember that being the scene people talked about when they recommended this movie to me when oh, it came yeah. to the states. Just the seeing Oscar under underwater and seeing the, his his tormentors legs just shooting unnaturally across the pool <laughs> is so right. wild. I was like, oh my god! It was. It was that was a great scene, and I remember. I I, remember I that loved too. it. I I just thought it was a mistake, and you guys convinced me otherwise because maybe that's what it was. But I did love that scene and the fact that you know the 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 brother. You just saw his arm go boop and then <laughs> yeah, fall in her. <laughs> so and what's funny leave? is Oscar could have, it was definitely a, like Oscar could have come up at that point, but he was told to stand for three minutes and he did it either at that, my first he fought to get up, but then once all that started happening, it's almost like he didn't want to see what was happening or he was just letting it take its course or something. I thought that was interesting, kind of looking at his face while this is happening. So why did she leave that one kid alive? Sympathy, was, I guess. Was, was he, was he kind of also, I, I, I didn't. 
I saw hit like them kind of torment him too. Was I it? guess. Well, it wasn't he was the one, he, he, he was the one that kind of cried when he had to. Wasn't he with the guy that the kid that kind of cried when he had to hit? Uh, yeah, because he was hitting when he him had in to the hit leg. Oscar with uh, the whip or whatever that yeah, was. The, yeah, the, the riding crop. Riding he crop. was he was hitting him in the leg, and then but the he was doing kid, it reluctantly, wasn't yeah, he? He was just yeah. yeah, very. And then the other kid comes up and whips him in the face. It was yeah. like whoosh. yeah, and cuts yeah. his face doing it. So. Yeah. Was he I wonder all- if that kid heard anything. <laughs> like, I don't know how <laughs> that kid's just sitting there with his hand. Like, good thing he didn't look up when somebody assumedly screamed. Like, who knows might have, what might happen. <laughs> he was so petrified, he just couldn't get his head out of his hands. Like, I'm maybe- never leaving this position in my life. <laughs> maybe his punishment was to have to witness all of that and live with it. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. There's always a, a witness, I guess. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so what do you give this movie? Oh wait, is there anything else that, that we didn't cover, Randy? I mean, uh, I mean, there's so many ways you could look at it. Yeah, no, <laughs> not without 12 more hours to that's, talk about. Right. You really could. I mean, there, there's a lot of conversation in it, and I think that says something about it being a good movie. I think that yeah. a good movie, you know, lends itself to a discussion like that. So, I definitely in this case for sure. Yeah. So we do exactly what you guys do as far as out of a five. And uh, you said that at first, when you first watch it, you're like, eh, not my cup of tea. After your mm-hmm. second watch, what are you thinking about it? I think after my second watch, I'd give it a, I'd give it a solid four. It's it's on the high end of, of horror movies for me because it has something that I, I like, um, more, like more today than I did the first time I saw it, which is movies that give you something to chew on, give you something to right. think about for, you know, weeks afterwards. Um and, uh, you know, not every movie, little, let alone horror movies, not every movie has that going for it. So that's right. Cause I we're going to, we're going to review yeah. sleepaway camp next week. So yeah, there you go. Oh, oh <laughs> like so many depths to plumb with that. Movie. <laughs> uh, Andy, what are you thinking? Uh, you know what? I'm going to agree with Randy on this. I, I'll give it a four as well. I've, I was compelled to go read the book afterwards. I really thought a lot about the movie. I haven't done that since, you know, a movie like Us. Uh, it really made me feel the same way about that. There was a lot to think about. But I thought that the things that were left open were left open in a really good way to allow you to interpret it the way you wanted it without, you know, leaving it in the dark about it. So, yeah. So I really liked it. I, I thought it was a really good movie, and I felt exactly like Randy did the first time I watched it, because I, I know I've seen this as well as the American version. Although the American version and this one are very, very similar. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of them, are, it's almost a shot-by-shot, you know, remake. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I know I've seen this one before, and uh, and I did not initially like it either. So if, you, if you've seen this one before, I would give it another watch uh Make sure you're not drunk like I probably was the first time. And, probably. Yeah. And, and <laughs> that would help. Go, go into it with an open mind. I think it's, I, I give it a solid four. Yeah, I when I first watched it, I really enjoyed it. Um, even growing up, and as my palate has gotten a lot better when it comes to horror movies and being able to look at these in a different light, I enjoyed it. it it's If I had to pick one vampire Dracula movie, this was it. After watching it again, I'm right there with you. I think across the board, we're going four out of five on yeah. this one. I think hey. it deserves it. So there we go. Yeah, so we're all on the same page on this one. Hey, so uh, you could check Randy Gandy G Landy out at, uh, across all formats for your podcast, Straight Chillin Podcast or StraightChillinPodcast.com. Now, uh, we're just kind of wrapping everything up here. Um, since we're getting close to 2019 coming to an end, 
what movies really impressed you this year? What 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 are them one two? Oh three? man, I mean I I mean I hate to do the obvious choice, but Us was so so good. Um, I'm really looking forward to. It. There's a few more movies coming out, like The Lighthouse, which I'm pretty excited about. Oh, I think are going to be good. pretty impactful. Um, what's that guy's? What's that director's name? Because I did like The Witch. Oh man, I'm the worst person to ask that question. I have literally gotten that wrong like three times on our own podcast for not checking it. All right, so we, we got Andy on it <laughs> right it, now. Yeah. Is it Dave Eggers? Is it Eggers? Um, I think that's yeah. It's it, the Witch. The the director of the Witch is creating that movie. Yeah, I love that movie. So I am actually looking forward to that too. Robert Eggers. Yeah. Robert Eggers. Yeah. Robert Eggers. Dave Eggers is an author. See, this happens every time. <laughs> Sorry, man. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. It's all right. No, no, not your fault, man. So yeah, I think there's there's a I don't know. I this 2019. I have like we have lists of movies that are in our top for this year. I would say Mandy is up there for me because I loved looking at that thing. Um, I, I'm 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 coming up blank on everything else though. There's just too many to to parse through here's one that uh andy and i did not get to see but we're going to both watch it when it comes out on october 8th yep midsummer oh you didn't get to see that yet no, no it was no, only it was... in our theater for a week because this is such right. a small town area right. mm-hmm. that it was in in the theater for a week and, and then it was gone well you guys might get the benefit of getting this i don't know if it's a benefit or not yet but to see the director's cut yeah uh, before you is... see the, the regular the theatrical like they are they are releasing a director's cut that uh when it comes out so yeah i don't know i'm looking forward to that i mean it's just everything that i read and uh yeah, ari, ari aster is that who it is yeah yeah ari aster did you guys i mean do you guys dug on hereditary or no oh yeah <laughs> oh well then you'll be fine <laughs> okay yeah I'm, I'm really looking forward to this one um i did like it chapter two no, I did too. Yeah. I, I thought it chapter two was I, pretty it was, good. I, it was just fun. I mean, it, yeah. again, it's something that's a mass appeal to everybody. And I'm not a huge Stephen King fan, so as it, we mentioned it was, before, uh, you know, as far as a horror event of the year, I think that that's a, that's a big one. That obviously the top, you know, horror movie of 2019. I'm sure it'll end up being. Um, and I'm going to go back on Mandy because you talked about the second time you watched uh, uh, "Let the Right One In," Randy. Um, mm-hmm. I watched it the first time and it pissed me off so bad. <laughs> and I was just, I was angry. I, I didn't know what to think of it. And then um, Andy and I talked about it and I'm like, okay. So, so one weekend I, w- I was doing nothing. I watched it again and I loved it. <laughs> wow. It's just a frame of mind, that movie. You really have to go in just going just ready for anything to happen to you. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. All right. Great. Randy Gandy G. Landy, thank you so much for coming on with us. Episode number 29. We appreciate you taking some time out. Again, if you want to check these guys out, it's our other favorite horror podcast. It's the Straight Chillin' Podcast on across all formats, uh, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you can find. They have a YouTube channel, Straight Chillin' Podcast. Yep. What is your Twitter handle? Uh, mine's just Andy Gattis, A-N-D-Y-G-A-T-T-I-S. Um, I don't do a lot on there, so it'll be boring. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, up up on the, our website, we will put a link to the Straight Chillin' Podcast website. So, Randy Gandy, G. Landy, thank you so much. All right. Thanks a lot. Hey, thanks for having me, guys.